What an intense battle. Their planning is so beyond what anyone could expect. <laughs> you fell right into my trap. <laughs> Falling for your trap was all just part of my plan. <laughs> you falling in my trap for your plan was just part of the preparations I needed. <laughs> falling in your trap as part of my plan that was just part of your preparations was all just a setup for me. Coo -coo -coo. Falling in my trap that was part of your plan, that was part of my preparations, that was just a setup for you, was actually a ploy that I had ready. <laughs> falling in your trap that was part of my plan that was just your preparations that was all just a setup for me that turned out to be a part of your ploy was all just a hoax that I needed to begin my real strategy when is somebody going to get to fighting damn back to the Otaku Melancholy Podcast, the only podcast that believes that everybody's an honorary Britannian in their heart. My name is Matt, and I'm going to change the system from within. Just ignore all the hundreds of people I'm going to murder to get there. And I'm Brad, and I watch the show for the cat episodes. And I'm Lucas, and I would do anything for a slice of that giant pizza. <laughs> Alright, so... If you're tuning in with us, and I'm assuming you are, because otherwise, how would you be listening to this? This isn't a TV show. You're not watching it. Damn, get off my back. It would be nice if we were on TV, though. You could watch the little the little slider as it goes through the ticking numbers as time goes on. That's what I do. None of us have the face for TV, let's be honest. Yeah. Excuse you. So in this episode, if you can read, which I'm assuming you can... We are going to be talking about the first season of Code Geass. So, if you've never seen Code Geass, then we will be avoiding spoilers for the most part. As much as we can. As much as we can. There will be a spoiler cast area, I am sure. But, before we do and that, let's get into some little real shitty banter. What's everybody been watching? I've been watching Code Geass. <laughs> yeah, I've been like really chug-a-lugging through Code Geass, you know. You know what? I listened I to these IQ. other... Well, there you go. There's the banter right there. You've been watching IQ. So what's IQ about? Uh, IQ is about these boys uh, in high school. They are in a volleyball club, and they're doing their best. And you know they're they're volleyballing against other volleyball people, and you know they're all having a good time. Oh man, I love it when boys do their best. Me too. I love it. But you know it's better than boys doing their best. Girls doing their best. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody knows what Haikyuu is. I mean, let's be real. They're on an anime podcast. So, but yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's the banters we need. Those are the banters I want. We are just like, I listen to these other podcasts and they got the banters before they actually just dive right, like dive right into the, 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 the anime pussy. And I'm just, <laughs> let I'm, me, let me tell you, I, I don't, I don't remember half of the things I've been watching because I had to dive so deep in Kogias. Like it was just, I was trudging through that. I watched that. I watched season one in like two days and like those were days <laughs> yeah, I was working God. too. So Holy. it's like I had only a couple of hours to do it. So I was like, I'm going to defy physics. Get like oh a couple God. of sleep I, hours. It's great. 
Oh my god. Like a fever dream. <laughs> oh my fucking god. Well, props to you for committing to the cast. I'm very proud of you. I knew you could do it. Well, Matt, what have you been watching? Thanks for asking. Yeah, what have asking. you been watching, Matt? <laughs> yeah, Matt. Uh, well, I got my Sentai box in the other day of all the Sentai stuff I ordered for the oh, Mother's wow, Day sale. Oh, that's so cool. Good for what you. What is that? <laughs> oh, my God. What is that? What is what? The Sentai box. It's the Sentai films work. Film, films, <laughs> film works. You know, they, oh. they, they're responsible for high dive and all that, and they put out a lot of uh, anime, or they license a lot of anime. What was it not? But because you, thank you, Lucas. You are being such a great sport for this casual banter. Unlike somebody, I'm waiting for you to get done talking. Damn. Fuck. <laughs> I, well, th- I got all of Shirabako, Kokoro Connect, uh, Monthly Girls, Nozaki Kun, and I forgot Chiha- the first season of Chihaya Furu. I only care about two of those. You're the one who was like, Matt, watch Monthly Girls Nozaki. Yeah, that's, and that's one like, of the ones I care about. That and Chihafuru. Uh, uh, fuck it. You care so much about it, but you can't say it's their name. I didn't name. say I cared about it. I said, like, I, I care a little bit about it. Like, I wanted to watch it at one point, and I didn't. Oh, well. I know. I mean, again, when one point you were like, Matt, watch this. And I said, no, I'm not going to watch. It's going to be lame. And then I, we watched it together and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. But I've already I took such a great stand. Yeah, because that's how you it. be like. Yeah. And speaking of other times that I be like that, Kogios mm-hmm. sponsored by Pizza Hut. No one out pizzas the hut. Nobody out pizzas the hut. Nobody out Gios the hut. Just a disclaimer, we are not actually sponsored by Pizza Hut. But if I was, I would tell you that right now you can get a large two topping for eight ninety nine. Minimum of two topping minimum. I'm of just two gonna get little order. Caesars. I'm just gonna get DiGiorno's. <laughs> you are the you are the DiGiorno's of pe- of of people, Brad, because you think it's gonna be bad, but then it's actually really good. I like to think I'm like Red Baron. You are definitely the Red Baron. Red Baron's pe- pretty good. I like Red like, Baron. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh my god. Let, let's not discuss. No, no. Pizza. This I'm talking about. Fr- this okay. Real quick. Like, who's everybody's favorite? Uh, favorite frozen pizza brand. I mean, I usually like DiGiorno, but sometimes I like Red Baron for that crisp thin crust. I I like Red Baron. Okay, I mean, like, well, I mean, are we just all in agreement? I mean, like, I was gonna, I was in the Red Baron field too, but I was also like, man, when I really want well, some like affordable. You introduced huh? me to Red Baron, so. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, it's not like Red Baron is a fucking secret. It's not like the hipster scene <laughs> of frozen pizza. I know, but I was raised on like the shitty Tostino pizzas, like the square ones that cut the roof of your mouth. Oh yeah, no, those. Well, see, I'm more familiar. Like, I'm more familiar with goodness what is it uh tombstone tombstone is the one that i had a lot growing up and it's still the one that i kind of go back to every now and then when i just got like a fiver on my pocket and i need pizza that night and uh i also go with the sam's choice brand if i want i want a stuffed crust pizza but i don't want to pay that stuffed crust price or get that stuffed crust quality Well, you know what? That's, that's, that's enough casual banter. I love pizza, and I'm going to probably... We've talked enough about pizza that I'm going to have pizza for dinner tonight. Congratulations, guys. You well, were... I mean, pizza's somewhat yeah. relevant. Well, I mean, like, I love pizza, and I think that's why I like C2 a little bit too much, because she loves pizza. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> C2 likes pizza like I like Taco Bell. <laughs> okay. 
So, we are talking about the 2006 hit from Sunrise Studios, Code Geass, Lelouch of the Rebellion. Season 1. Yes, Season 1. Also known as R1, I guess, because Season 2 is known as R2. But yeah. they didn't really call this R1, because that was like, they, I don't know what they were doing there. Yeah. What does R2 even stand for? Rebellion 2? I thought it was sound. Oh, yeah, maybe. 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 But that, That's some maybe. big thinking right there. I mean, I thought the R kind of stood for round two. I mean, like, you know, they call every single episode. It's not. Kogios is one of those shows that does what I really like and that they don't call it episode one. It's turn one. Yeah. Or turn two. Oh, because like, it's, like it's like a chess game. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> the symbolism in this show is immense just blew his mind wow craig throw in an explosion when his, when his mind gets blown just up <laughs> boom but yeah i would be so happy when craig doesn't do that and just leaves us flat yeah craig is kind of i was about to say unreliable but if i say that i think craig's gonna get pissed off and he will passive aggressively <laughs> not talk to me even more hmm yeah, so this is Code Geass made by Sunrise. Who is Sunrise? I've already yelled at you enough about what Sunrise does. They do mecha and space and mechanical stuff. And, and Wave, listen to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's like every time we talk about Sunrise, it's like, who talks about Sunrise? It's Spicy Mecha Boy over there who's like, yeah, it's Sunrise, Sunrise, Sunrise. Fucking Sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> no sunset on the Sunrise. So it... it Anyone who hasn't seen or heard of Code Geass. Congratulations. Yeah. It came out around the same time as Death Note and is always like held up in, on the opposite hand of Death Note. It's like, who's the edgiest strategy boy of them all? But Code Geass, as a quick synopsis, follows a... Well, this is an alternate history in which uh, instead of America, you have Britannia. And Britannia just decided to eat half of the world, just like they used to do. And we have our big boy, Charles Z. Britannia, who is the emperor of Britannia. And his wife, Marianne, gets killed. And instead of doing something about it, he takes uh, the, his children, Lelouch and Nunnally, and exiles them to the conquer land of Japan, now known as Area 11. Yeets those girls and boys to Japan. And so Lelouch is understandably fucking pissed. So at the ripe age of like seven or something, I don't maybe ten, he's like, I'm going to destroy Britannia. And so that's Code Geass. Yeah, I mean, that's a fine synopsis. And this is all about his adventures of trying to basically fuck Britannia up. Yep. Which is what happens when you let Napoleon win too many times. <laughs> you get mechas. So, I mean, who's the real loser here? Us for not letting Napoleon win. Yeah, truly the darkest timeline that we don't have mechs. <laughs> yeah, we could get all political and say how the dark, how dark of a timeline this is. But <laughs> I mean, mm. it's, uh, it's interesting how they... Uh like what Britannia is a reference to because like when you first hear it it sounds like oh yeah it's England and they got like a fucking monarchy system yeah it's England but the picture is America mm. wow, and it's like hmm okay yeah I mm. mean 
And they do have some interesting little bits in the background of, of uh, the lore trying to establish how this alternate history came to be. And if you don't pay attention to it, you will miss it. I missed it. Yeah, I mean, I did too. Like, I'm going to be honest, like, pr quick preamble before any sort of discussion. I did not want to get into Kogias at all. <laughs> like, uh, Lucas at one point, way back when, tried to make me watch it. And because I'm that kind of person who anytime someone tries to show me something, I'm like, no, I want to watch what I want to yeah. watch. I watched the first Tiri episodes and said, this looks like it's stupid. And it's something from your childhood that's not that good. Bye. Bye, Kogias. <laughs> and it's like you had just gotten into Mecca. And that's why I was like, well, I know that this is technically a Mecca. Like the first season, not so much, like a little bit, but, you know, it's not as heavy on it. And I was like, maybe Matt would enjoy this. And so I gave it to him, hopefully. And then it was just like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, even worse, it's political Mecca. And I was like, this ain't no Gundam. <laughs> it's, it's extremely political. Yeah, yeah, it's extremely political, but it's not to the degree to where I'm bored. And I mean, all of the political shenanigans seem kind of just written by someone who everybody is on the edge of their seat and doesn't want to do bureaucracy. They just want to immediately declare war. Yeah. But as mentioned earlier, Lelouch and his attempts to basically dethrone uh, the Emperor takes the guise of Zero and enlists the help of a bunch of terrorists who eventually become known as the Black Knights that are filled with many fun characters. But how does Lelouch do that? Well, he gets the titular power called Gios, which his, in particular, makes him able to make anyone follow his orders as long as he does it in a very threatening and cool ass tone which not actually that's not how his powers actually work but every time he uses geos to someone it's not hey could you do this he's like i command you but he goes third person like lelouch v britannia commands you yeah every single time like it, except a few times we'll talk about those later <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and I mean, it's really cinematic. It's got a, he's got a flair for the dramatics, and that's kind of what pisses me off so much about him. And like, it's like uh, with his Gias, he doesn't really see it as oh, you know, I have a superpower that I can make people do what I want. He kind of frames it in his mind as with this Gias, it makes me for at least a small point in time their king. Like, cause that's yeah. how he sees a king is like they've got ultimate say so, and that's why he speaks with such cadence. And to add on to that, every time he, when he was talking about getting his Gios, he's like, this Gios power allows me to advance my plans a lot more than, I, than uh, I was before. And we're just like, bitch, you were a high school student. What the hell were you going to do against a globe-spanning empire? You literally were playing illegal... And... You're playing illegal chess games. Illegal chess games. Like there's an underground chess chess circuit. It's messed up. Uh, but yeah, he is he is a high schooler and he got a friend named Suzaku. He's a tool. <laughs> I hate Suzaku. Like I'm not like I'm not trying to just like shift this, but I actually hate you Suzaku. Know, and it's funny because I feel like at the beginning you first meet Suzaku, he was probably one of your favorite characters. You, you know what? You are actually fucking yeah, right. Yeah, because, because you like Suzaku the goody two shoes looking motherfuckers. 
but he's <laughs> such a fucking tool about it like he's here's the thing like here's the thing why i don't like suzaku suzaku is so fucking extra he's so holier than thou yeah like yeah i get it you're a paladin but damn i don't need you to heal my wounds every five seconds ago this is you know who did this the god xanadros who comes from the end of il Tanal, and i'm like shut the fuck up and just heal my wounds well, damn. It's, like, it's important to state that like both suzaku and lelouch are like holier than thou and like their like goals and stuff like they both see themselves as like I am the one that has the best idea about how things need to go down and like anything else is not going to cut it. And they both think that the other one is completely misguided. Yeah. With yeah. Lelouch and Suzaku, we all, you get the classic dynamic of the friends that become enemies and they have their own personal, they embody the philosophies of how to change the world. One is, is through violent revolution and the other is through uh, peaceful transition quote-unquote peaceful <laughs> i've never seen someone say i'm gonna solve my peaceful problems by spinning kick you and spinning kicking you in the fucking face <laughs> it doesn't work like that but yeah uh and lelouch gets his, his he gets his kiosk power from a mysterious young woman named cc or c2 in the english dub well and i mean it's, it's c2 in the uh, japanese too except they go she too Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah. it's just spelled well, CC. Oh. It's, well, they uh, keep calling her in the subtitle CC. Yeah, I don't know why. I I don't know why. Yeah. And basically, uh, Lucius begins his fight against his own family to usurp them and make a better world for his little sister, who he loves dearly, Nanali, who was terrorized by the death by seeing the death of their mother. And has rendered her in a almost in a blind and paralytic well, state. Well, I mean, she also got shot. Yeah, that's why her legs be crippled. Yeah. I am not going to talk about my thoughts on that because I I almost said something big spoilers and I was like, oh. Like for like um, <laughs> we're shown that like she's uh she 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 and her mother got uh shot and her mother I guess was protecting her or something like from the image that we're shown. And, like, yeah. her dead mother is just on her, and you can see, like, the horror in her eyes as she's laying there. So, it, it, I would, you know, it's understandable that she went blind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not, like, criticizing Nanali for going blind. It's not... <laughs> that's not what my intention was. Oh, no. Oh, no. I wasn't saying to all... I wasn't saying to all blind people, just like, shit, man, open your <laughs> eyes. Damn. You ever try squinting? <laughs> <laughs> You ever get some glasses for your blindness? If it's that hard, just take your fingers and open them flaps up. <laughs> oh my god. I th mm. So yeah. So he's raging against his family, uh, his dickish dad, his asshole brother, his other asshole brother, and his fine sisters. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 Euphemia is great. I mean, I and his brothers Euphemia. are kind of, uh, are kind of all hot too. But you know what? Yeah, I will admit it. Yeah, who? I'll admit let, it. Let's list our favorites of the uh, Britannia royal family. Oh, are we doing top three Britannians? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, my top three Britannians, as far as just is Euphemia, uh, Cornelia. Mm-hmm. I said, was it Cordelia? I keep getting it confused. 
and i think i think honestly i mean like i'm not like i'm not a I was about to not say, a i'm not a furry but <laughs> i'm so loaded up uh but schnizel's pretty hot too i like schnizel's bangs yeah Schni- schnizel does have that like that aryan purism going on <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, brad top three uh number one cornelia number two ooh, euphemia hmm. number three gonna be a tie between uh yeah i guess so schneisel and nunnally oh shit i forgot about nunnally i don't change my answer though <laughs> <laughs> Lucas? Oh god, I hate them all equally. I know I I like uh Princess Euphemia and Cornelia, yeah, but like I mean and like Schneisel's hot. I don't like him, but Yeah. I do want to give an honorable mention to uh, Odysseus. He's He 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 he's like a, he's very innocent. He's like there for most of the time. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, Lucas, you gotta give us your top three. I mean, you are on the spot right now. I just now. did it. Official order? Yeah. All right. Oh, shit. Like, All right. I'm, 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 si- top three. I'm sitting here, like, actually, like, trying to go through the list, and, like, I'm like, there's so many characters. So many yeah. fucking characters. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember, um, like, I don't, Jeremiah doesn't really count as royalty, but I, I really liked him as a character. Just because I like it, I just like seeing his descent into madness. <laughs> there are there are a lot of characters in the show. It does seem very like a. Uh, it, this could, I think, be a Gundam with how many characters there are in it. Um, yeah. and I'm like having trouble remembering like my favorite character's name all of a sudden. What's is it? Like? Ma- is it Mal? No, it's not Mal. It's um. Well, I thought it it's uh. It's the uh, the Earl that um, is Suzaku's boss. The Earl of Pudding? Yeah, Earl Pudding. Yeah, What's Lloyd. his name? Lloyd. Lloyd. Lloyd Asploy. That's it. I fucking, I fucking I, love Lloyd. Lloyd I pegged is you great. for Lloyd. Lloyd is great. Like, I just want to give a shout out to all these characters. I can remember them vividly. Like, the, I remember all of them. But I have such a love-hate relationship with all of them. I hate them at some point, then I love them, then I hate them, then I love them. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, my most hated character, um, even though it's probably not entirely deserved, but it kind of is, is because I just don't like her, is uh, is Nina. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I guess we're just going to talk about love and hate right now because I don't understand the hate for Nina. Like, season one-wise, season one-wise, I do not understand the hate for Nina. Like, I mean, the first few episodes, I was like, yeah, I mean, you're here. Well, here's the thing, like... There's a top 50 most hated anime list that's ranked on, like, this website, Ranker, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. Nina, there are Code Geass characters all up the top 20. <laughs> but Nina was, like, number 10 with Charles Z. Britannia being number 5. And yeah. I didn't, I don't understand why Nina gets so much hate. Like, even after finishing the series, which we'll talk about in the other episode. But even after finishing the series, I don't understand why people hate Nina so much. Nobody's gonna argue. They're just um, gonna say, "You're just gonna leave me on fucking Nina, red." That's why. I mean, yeah, Nina. I understand the hate Nina gets, but you know, she does for the mis- 
mistake she makes, she does try to redeem herself, and I admire that. And I also want to point out that Nina's last name is Einstein. It is. Wow, they couldn't even be fucking subtle about it. <laughs> but... I mean, like, through the course of the story, you know, like, there are so many ups and downs, so many rising action and falling actions, and it gets to the season, when season two hits, there's, like, 700 characters. Yeah. And they're all somehow memorable, so props to Sunrise for that. I don't know. I cannot remember Lloyd's assistant's name at all until she's on screen. Yeah, Cecile. Oh, wow. Why do you make me look like a fucking asshole? Yeah. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Oh, thanks. Well, I mean, like, there are certain characters that, like, over, like I can, I, I, I don't think I'll ever forget them, especially weird ones like Ogie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ogie is my boy, and I loved Ogie. Every time he was on the scene, I was just like, Ogie, I love you. You're you just mean Tamaki? What? Are you talking about, like, the the main, like, the le- mate, the other leader of the Black Knights or the comedic guy? Uh, I mean, like, actual Ogie, like, Afro-Ogie, the one who has a certain paramour later on. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, I like Ogie, like... Well, I remember you saying you hated Ogie. I hate Ogie in season two. We get to... We'll get, we're talking season one right now, and if we go to season two, then everything flips. Right. <laughs> season one, I like Ogie. Season two, I don't like Ogie that much. Suzaku is hated consistently throughout it. Yeah. And so is Lelouch. Lelouch is just a. F- I'll, I'll say that I, uh, my hatred for Lelouch like wavered every once in a while. Like I, I mean, I con, I consistently hated him, but sometimes I hated him less because my you hatred for other characters outshined him. I feel that. I feel it's like that. I can kind of understand where Lelouch is coming from sometimes, but some characters I'm just like, just. Break your ankles already and leave. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I legitimately had this problem with... I I thought I was not having a good time with Kogia Season 1 because there were characters who were consistently pissing me off and consistently just making me angry. And then the next episode, I'd say, uh-oh, I actually care for you. Like, for example, Shirley. I was getting so annoyed with Shirley. I love Shirley. Yeah. And then... Sh- no, not Shirley. Fuck Shirley. A- Never mind. <laughs> Shirley is my new best friend. Fuck Shirley. Friendship ended Fuck with Shirley. Shirley. I was thinking of somebody else again. I mean, the only person who I think I always consistent, like you know, honestly, who I always had a baseline enjoyment whenever they were on scene was the class That's president. That's what I was just about to say. Really I actually, love that bitch. Yeah. And I kind of, it's kind of sad that like um, she like really wants love, and she kind of gets put in that like relationship where she's. Probably not gonna get it. Yeah, it is kind of sad, and I, uh, she's 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 adorable. She's really cute. Mm -hmm. There's 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 some like there's like for all the hate that I have for them, there's some solid ten out of ten waifus in this show. Yeah, yeah, and on Millie, Millie does come off as the uh, person who is like entertain, like she's entertaining the whole room, but mostly because she has like that that deep sadness aside like the robin williams type oh yeah like she knows the the situation is she she knows the situation is bad and like her way of coping with it instead of you know like you know trying to start revolution is to try to keep people happy and you know yeah (laughs) 
What a dunk on Lelouch. Hey, Lelouch, maybe you made people smile. You wouldn't need to commit genocide. <laughs> she should be like, we got to get this pizza done. The fate of the fucking country on this fucking giant ass pizza. I would definitely be down for world peace if there was pizza involved. World pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, play the play the play the play the applause for Brad. <laughs> Seinfeld baseline right now. Uh, I imagine he's just at this point so many requests he's just got them easily on file. <laughs> it just has a soundboard. The Craig, the official Craig soundboard. Like you ain't even gotta fucking tell him; he's already doing it. Yeah, he's he's got his he's got his Team Fortress Two quote loaded up. But yeah, um, well, I guess we're talking all about the characters, but we're not talking about one of the most important facets of Kogias, and that's the mechs. Yeah, interesting thing about the mechs is the name. They're called Nightmare Frames, and Night spelled like with a K N, like you know, Knight of the Rounds. Yeah, and it's that that's it's it's very cool. The also very cool thing about these that as opposed to like other mecha that Sunrise have worked on and others have worked on is that they don't. Their main mode of movement isn't just like walking around. It's using these uh these heelys that are attached to their feet, <laughs> and when they're done standing around, they just plop those wheels down and just start skating around and every time they skate around it has that same sound effect and it it kills me every time yeah i really enjoy the nightmare frames and i particularly just love the fact that they've got like this arthurian legend jack off going on yeah with things being named like the gawain the avalon the sutherland the uh lancelot yeah it's it's doing it for me yeah yeah it's it's pretty great. I do love that. I love that a lot. Yeah, but the it, the mega designs are very grounded, and it makes the combat very grounded, at least in season one. And as on their own, they're very destructive, very uh, and very very intuitive. Like the ejection system, the little grapple hooks that they have to mobile uh, get some vertical mobility, which are awesomely called slash harkens. What? Yeah, that's what they're called, slash harkens. I like that. Yeah. But the but the wheelie movement leads <laughs> to some awesome uh high velocity, high octane combat. Yeah, it's it's really intense, especially when you're getting the uh the phys- the physicality combat. Like a lot of it is is I've got a gun. Well I got sword, sword beat gun. <laughs> which is just kind of inane. You still yeah. there, Lucas? <laughs> yeah, like, are no, you falling I asleep? Was, I was, no. I was sitting there thinking about that because, like, in season one, uh, at least the earlier half, I did not give two shits about some of those ugly-ass gun... Ugly-ass mechs they had. I was just like, wow. I hope they don't look like this the entire show. Well, they eventually get to the point in season two where they look like fucking Fisher-Price toys. Mine's gonna be red, yellow, blue, and purple. It's gonna look like something your two-year-old little <laughs> brother throws across the room. Yeah, I- but like, uh, in season one, they all look like background gun- <laughs> like background um, Yeah, mechas. they 
they are kind of subdued. Like even the Lancelot's just white with a little bit of yellow, but it gives it a knightly appearance, you know, against these other ones that are just purple. Which is like the Lancelot's design and like the design of uh, the... Uh, the Gurren? Yeah, like all, all those designs are really interesting because it shows that... Uh, it's trying to skew. So, like, if if you were given this show in a different angle, you might view it completely differently. Because, like, Suzaku's mech looks like, in most mecha, what the main characters, the good guys mecha would look like. While, um, while, like, yeah, the like, Gurren. the Gurren, the Gurren, it, it looks more like what the bad guys would have, obviously. And then, you know, we have our, our main characters that are framed as terrorists. And then you've got Suzaku, who's just trying to fight tyranny. But it's really like, you know, from context that it's different. And it really plays with, uh, it really lets you know that depending on, like, your view, like, where you're at in this situation, your view on it could be completely different. It's like, you know, it, it's interesting. And I like that they play with the visuals like that. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That is actually a good point you're bringing up because they, if you did look at them from the two, I would definitely look at the Gurren and say that's definitely the Char's, uh, Char, yeah. like the Char characters, Mecha. Yeah, because it's it's red, and then even like Lelouch looks like the Char character. That's yeah. So many characters in this show can be considered the Char character. Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody's got their own Char. Like Suzaku's got like three. He's got Toto. Uh. <laughs> Colin, um, Lelouch, like everybody is Suzaku's enemy, even Suzaku towards the end. Yeah. And it's just, it is kind of interesting. And I do appreciate the fact that the uh, there's definitely some different aesthetics. Like the Gurren, when it gets its major weapon overhaul, it looks like the bad guy with its, <laughs> its evil, evil arm. Yeah. And like the general design, the general design of the Britannia mechs, uh, you can tell there that, like in universe, that Britannia is trying to push that we are the honorable knightly empire, bringing justice and prosperity to the to the savages of the world. Yeah, which, which really shows like that's like a real thing that happens in real life, and it's like it really plays with that notion, like like everybody thinks that they are the good guy, even if like the higher powers in it kind of know that they're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure that Prince Charles, I'm pretty sure that like King Charles is not going like, Oh yes, I'm I'm doing what's right. He's like, fuck everything. I'm doing what I want. I mean he literally comes into a speech like during the morning speech for Clovis and and his opening line is all men are not created equal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fuck you. But like it kinda um <laughs> like for example and this example might ruffle some feathers but oh. like uh it, it won't but yeah piss me off do it, it okay won't, america it america has this habit of teaching our kids and then like you know just general like propaganda to say that we are no matter what the good guys and in a few cases now i'm not saying everything we've ever done is bad but in a few cases depending on what side of the conflict you were on we kind of looked like assholes but play, play the soviet since... union while he's talking <laughs> while he's talking yeah well i mean yeah i mean it is a matter of perspective i mean yeah and you're seeing you aren't you're giving an uh, the 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 story is omnipotent like a lot of stories so you're seeing both sides and i guess that is kind of a thing is like they're it's kind of yin and yang the 
the Britannian Empire is doing a lot of evil, but they're doing some good. Yeah. Well, if you think if you think about it from like uh, the fact that this was written by a Jap, you know, this was made by Japanese people, and the fact <gasps> of where we see Japanese. And the fact that we see where Britannia is located, even though that it's called Britannia and that sounds like Britain, um, it's located in America. And like in some cases, you know, I mean, like there it kind of shows that their view on America could be kind of like how Britannia is kind of portrayed, not necessarily, but like uh, a place that thinks that they are this great for all good. They want everybody to be like them because their government is obviously great. And, you know, like you got to give that form of government to everybody. Otherwise, they're, you know, not having a good time, according to the higher-ups. Ooh, and Lucas advocating the fall of democracy. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's I'm, not, I'm not. I'm just, I'm well, messing with you. Britannia's not a democracy. Whoa. I mean, and you were talking about it being America. I'm, I was about to go like, actually, um, Britannia's also taken like a big chunk of Africa. And all of South America. Well, yeah, it's it's like the entire America. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but we're like when we're shown it, like the words Britannia are over the United, or well, they're over Americas, like you know uh, yeah. Canada, and you know. It was the Can- it's 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 a stand-in for Canada, clearly. It's <laughs> South Canada and South <laughs> South Canada. <laughs> Canada this- a little bit to the left. South Canada. That's Alaska. Yeah, that's it's it's an old joke. It's an old internet joke. But, yeah, but yeah, I see what you mean. They're using Britannia as a stand-in for uh, the quote-unquote imperialist America. Yeah, and it's it, it obviously it's not like a direct comparison, but like it can kind of show like on like their half how like they feel like they might have been treated like. Or, like, how it feels to be, like, on the other side. Where, like, most of the world probably looks as Japan being taken over as, like, uh, Japan didn't have that advanced of weapons. They were probably just a little bit, you know, uh, less advanced than Britannia or whatever. So most people of the world are probably sitting there going, like, oh, yeah, well, it's for the better. Because look at all the technological revolution that they're getting. Like, I mean, they weren't even using all that shit that was in Mount Fuji. Come on. Yeah. And that's and it's kind of, like... It kind of mirrors like what happened to Japan, not necessarily after World War Two, but you know, like where uh, America kind of came in and like opened Japan up and like was like, Psh, you know, like your old ways are kind of stupid. Here's a suit, wear it. <laughs> well, that that is indeed a, a it is a common motif and reoccurrence in a lot of Japanese uh, a lot of Japanese media and storytelling because you do have to look at the uh, I guess we're just going to be talking deep stuff now, but uh, <laughs> the Japanese ex- the experience of being Japanese is a really unique compared to a lot of other countries in the world. Like how many countries have been have been devastated on the scale that Japan was nuclear like facing an almost nuclear holocaust, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. none of them. And that I that I do think, like, this is something that's interesting, and I, I, I do like that it is something to talk about. The fact that when that sort of thing happens to you, it will affect your storytelling. And uh, I do think that that is definitely, I understand where you're drawing these conclusions from, because I, I see it, too, now that it's being thrown in my face. And I wasn't just going, ha, 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 mech machine go, brr. <laughs> <laughs> 
but that is that is a fascinating look on it and um well it's like my second view of my second watch of this or like my first complete watch i was really trying to pay attention to the tones and themes and i was really i was really being shown that like that the show really wanted to hammer in that this is being shown from the perceived bad guy's point of view which we know aren't bad and we know the other side isn't a hundred percent holistically bad but we know that what they are doing is terrible despite what they think of it holistically all natural bad guy (laughs) (laughs) uh well that that is an interesting that is an interesting point to bring up and uh uh, i yeah i can see where that conclusion could be drawn i just i just like it when shows do that yeah Yeah, i mean i I do too the theme that was explored in shin godzilla diving into japan's place in the world and how uh, like how japan can stand on its own or if it's going to continue to be uh, reliant on greater powers, especially the of uh, quote unquote fatherly U.S. And yeah, because you're right; it, it is a unique position that Japan is still on its own, but it has taken so much influence from the United States and the West that uh, it has morphed into its a new identity, where it's a mix of it's basically a Western Japan. Yeah. And 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 that, yeah, I, I I see that 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 is a theme that is explored in Code Geass. Um, I do, I, and I guess something else that we talked touched on earlier that I always kind of want to mention when I was watching in particular is that this seems so. Uh, this honestly seems in some ways derivative of a certain style that was made by Death Note. You know? Yeah. Like, is anybody picking picking this up? No. Uh, explain further. <laughs> Well, okay, so research-wise, Death Note came out, or the manga came out two years prior, about a year and a half prior to um, to Kogios. And obviously, Death Note centrals around two characters who are constantly, you know, trying to outmaneuver the other one in some ways. And Lelouch is basically the same sort of person. He's he's like Light or L. No one person is going to completely, like, can completely absolve L or Light, you know? Right. Yeah. Light is wanting to make the world better, but he's doing it by murdering people and doing, you know, like using people as pawns, sort of like Lelouch. And L, while he is motivated by, you know, a, a means sense of to justice. do, yeah, a sense of justice. It's also a be it the means type of justice, like Suzaku. Suzaku is, you know, he's not above, you know, doing what he has to to get his goals accomplished because he sees his goals as being the best way and that's kind of what l is too and i'm not saying i'm obviously not saying that they're you know like they're ripoffs of derivative i mean we don't know how long kogios was in the planning stages yeah but i got that vibe because every time i would like really like lelouch you know like enjoy lelouch as a character he would do something like light and say hey fuck you misa I'm gonna do. I'm gonna use you for my own goals, and I was like, "They're being a good person, Lush. Why do you have to piss in the pool all the time?" Yeah, yeah. And it's just like I don't like L because I think L is just a tool, and he's just annoying to me. And that's the same way for Suzaku. I mean, I think I respected like L a lot more than I respected Suzaku <laughs> because Suzaku well, I mean, came because for me Suzaku came off as like a really ignorant person who just like really just like because i know people like this that are th- that their way of thinking is if i am super good kid my parent will obviously like you know start giving me 100 buck every week no that's not how that works buddy 
And like, you can't just like, just because you're like the favorite Japanese doesn't mean you've solved racism. I'm sorry. (laughs) And I'm, and I, or, and like, this is a thing that really is like, it really hits me because like I have, I'm in a community that has a sort of situation like that where, um, people like literally will bend over backwards to like appease to like oppressors or like people who wouldn't even give a shit if they were dead or not because they think that if they do that that'll make their community more accepted and they on the other side completely reject those that try to fight more outwardly for acceptance via you know like fighting for rights and such right i see what you're saying yeah, this is like some really heavy social commentary that I'm not... Well, like, the yeah. Gold Kiosk is actually pretty, like, heavy in the social... It's got, like, a lot of heavy well, sub- subtext with that sort yeah. of thing. Well, I mean, my, well, my thing about it that kind of put me off of Code Geass in particular is while it may be heavy, it's really overdramatic and overblown, like, with some of the characters. Like, remember the refrain storyline? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it can be blown out of proportions. That's why I can't... Like, I couldn't take Kogios that seriously all the time. I mean, let's... And it is, like, I was going back to my little my little rant. that It is a derivative of other things. Like, the opener... Like, watch Evangelion's opener and watch Kogios's. And there's a lot of similarities, you know? You know, I, and want, I'm not, I want to bitch about well, Kogios's opener, though. What, what? What? I mean, the opener of the song is amazing. But... Yeah. The fact that they like every time, like in the first season, when they change the opening, they and the closing, they literally use the same fucking still images for it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah we I bitched about that too at one point during our rewatch. That's fucking lazy. Well, I mean, they they remedied that in the second season. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but the first yeah, now the we're first on that. Let's talk about the mops. I've actually uh, tried to learn that on saxophone. I've got the music for it and everything. Uh, what is it called? Colors? Yeah. Colors. Yeah, yeah colors by, by flow. Which if 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 it's the other opener that's the plan that is the opening for this episode, then I am gonna be so pissed and I'm gonna drive to wherever C- Craig lives and I'm gonna actually say, You had an opportunity. Obvious. You had an opportunity. You that's dropped like if the you fucking did a, ball. That's like if you did a episode on Attack on Titan and you didn't do the uh, first season's opening. Of course. Of course. I mean, some <laughs> OP, some OPs are just like so golden that you can't that they transcend the anime itself. Yeah, I mean, I knew colors before I knew that it was the opening of Kogia. I was like, we were going to conventions and karaoke, and people were singing colors, and I said, oh man, whatever anime that's from, this I want to watch slaps. it. It's like it's a it slaps like my abusive husband. It's so hard to explain, but colors fit so perfectly with with Code Geass. Like it, yeah, with when those trumpets come in, it's like yeah, this is Code Geass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean especially like Lelouch. Like I'm gonna be real with you guys in the audience. If you're not rock hard when Lelouch is riding that horse against the sunset, <laughs> then you better go to the doctor and get tested for your erectile dysfunction. Because I'm not. <laughs> nah, nah, bitch. When like Lelouch does that side glance, like after he takes off the oh. uh, the mask, I just like uh-huh. sploosh. Yeah. Same though. Same though. I think I came like <laughs> rewatching it for the hype for this episode recording. I said when he takes that helmet off and looks the side at me, I'm like, Ugh. 
And the mm. great thing about the song is that it has a lot of highs and lows, but even those lows are still like increased. It's like a flight and a glider that's ascending upwards. It's I, like you're always yeah. you're always getting hyped up with the song. Like even like yeah, that I part mean, where it starts to break down where it goes. Yeah, yeah. And then it comes yeah, back with that. Let's just, this is going to become the talk about how color this might be one of the best openings in all of anime because I have never seen an anime with an opening so popping outside of maybe Cruel Angel's thesis yeah. that yeah. gets me ready for anime. Like when I think of the quintessential anime OP, Colors is going to be up there. It's just so damn good. And I'm going to be honest, the second OP I wasn't fully committed to, but then by like episode 20, I said, this was a banger. Yeah, let's, let's see you you two talk about that. I'll look up the name for it. What did you think of the second OP? Uh, I don't remember Lucas? it, so that tells you a lot. Well, uh, it's it's. I didn't like it in the beginning, but it's not as bad as the third OP. Like for the second. Well, actually, the third OP for this show when they did that weird OP for two episodes. Yeah. So the second OP is Kaidoku Funo by Gene, and the. Interestingly, confusingly enough, Code Geass has three OPs. One for the first 12 episodes, the second for episode 13 or 23, and then for episode 24 and 25, they had a third OP, which is the shittiest OP I've ever ever seen, mm-hmm. just uh, uh. like visually and song, uh, musically. Yeah, it's so unappealing, especially when all this, this plot line is coming to a culmination. I legitimately expected them to go back to colors. Yeah, yeah. like, and I, I was the anime so o- pissed. Anime often like fucking bite. They fucking like they miss out on good opportunities when it comes to climaxes. Where like the first opening will be like the biggest banger they got, and then as they go on, like they'll have like more mellow openings or like more like regular like you know kind of basic bread openings. And it's like no, at the end I want to be the most hyped. Yeah, you know, like yeah. how that time in a. In, uh, and jo- Jojo Part 2 when he's he's sending cars up into space and it has Sonochino Sadame it's playing in the background I was like fuck yeah 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 and I mean I was pissed like I don't recall exactly if it happened but I was like when he's invading that place there better be colors playing when he does the come in the final fight I'm gonna alright cause I was I was so committed to this show at that point yeah yeah it's a stellar fucking opening and we'll talk about the other two later but the fourth one done by the se- by fifth one technically yeah fifth one uh done by flow is also one of the is also a stellar one it's just it's good shit yeah good shit good shit and i i recently found myself actually humming that on the the fourth one too the na 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 although i didn't want to but anyways, I, I guess we should get back to like the the story and such. Yeah, back, did anybody back give to a shit about commentary? Yeah. <laughs> well, did anybody give a shit about the EDs? No. Like I, I liked the visuals by Clamp. Like those, uh, like those. They looked, you know, like they looked like manga cover. Oh art. yeah, they look great. Except for they kept fucking using them over and over again. Like for the different yeah. EDs, I was like, can I see something different? Well. I mean, you can see something different just while that ED was playing. Draw something and then float it across the screen. Like, just could have done that yourself. You could have made your own ED. Why didn't you? Yeah. As far as the EDs, ED goes for uh, season one, I did like both of them. They were they were good things to like, like settle down from the episode. Like the first one, uh, Yukio Seishun Ka by Ollie Project. 
has a like a real big swashbuckling vibe I'm getting. It's like, yeah, we're we're a bunch of pirates. Well, the first one to me sounded more like a uh, just like um like it was really pushing heavy on the royal thing. Yeah, that's yeah. Royal pirates. Royal pirates. Royal pirates. And then the second one, Mo- uh, Mosaic Conqueror by Sunset Swish. Literally who? That's a good name, though. That is a good name. Like, that sounds like a Shaq move. I'm about to use the Shaquille <laughs> Sunset Swish. <laughs> well, yeah, that's Mo- going to be my, Mosaic, that's my killer move now. Yeah. Mosaic is a lot slower, but when it, it has a second half where it picks up, it's, re- it's really bumping. Yeah. Really I do like Mosaic. Popping. Man, this is this is like I'm actually hyped. I want to talk. I want to talk about the OP more because I'm just like every time he did a Gios and Brad and I were watching it together, just just yelling. Yeah, we'll do this. I did the visual that they had in the OP where uh, where they say whoa. So we did that every every time. time. Every if time. Somebody did it. If one of us, both of us didn't do it, then the one of us did. Yeah. It was like we had been trained to do it. <laughs> like we were like lab rats who just, you see pretty color, you say the word, the funny chuckle word. And it got to a point where we did it just to keep the keep up the momentum. It was like, well, we can't let the tradition die. Yeah, ex- ex- seriously. Like, especially towards, well, we'll talk about that in another, yeah. but yeah. But themes, good themes. Good themes. Theme music and themes of storytelling. Yes, hey, yes. There we go. Hey, yeah. it must be the money. Um, what am I? I I like how um they they really did this craftfully because they could have easily like did it to a way that would have alienated like a good majority of people I talked to that actually really like um Kogias that necessarily probably wouldn't agree with Lelouch anyways. But they're like, yeah, I love it because we got to fight against the pressures. But also, mm, mm, like they package it in just the right way. So that way people aren't going to be like, I'm not going to watch this because this is trying to shove like fucking uh, like bullshit down my throat. I'm not, you know, I'm too fucking stuck in my ways for this bullshit. It's just it, yeah. it it's ambiguous just enough. Yeah. Well, here is also, here's also something that I guess should be, oh, and by the way, something to mention about Lelouch is he is the number one most favorited character on, um, on my anime list. I mean, Second wow. only, like, following him is L, and third is Monkey D. Luffy. You, know, you, wow. you, 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 you want to know what? What? I blame the shippers. They fucking, the fucking, the ship, okay, like... The BL community fucking took this show and ran with it. The most I, like, I knew more about this show via that at first. Like, yeah. I just, there's so, there's just so much content for it. Like, just, just oodles and boodles of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and there's, there's something to talk about there because now that I'm looking at the top 50 list, I'm like, who the fuck put this person there? <laughs> and then I see one and I'm like, oh, I favorited them too. So, but it's like Clamp is really good at like targeting that type of audience too. So, like, this, this show is really good at bringing in two different audiences, like fans of Mecha and like political um, turmoil, and then fans of hot boys doing hot things 
to other hot boys. Oh, yeah, you pilot that mecha. Like, oh, ooh, yeah. look at how spidery and long his fucking legs are. <laughs> oh, my goodness, real. did he... Did he just eject? I want to eject all over him. <laughs> well, uh, here's something else I wanted to talk about because I did research on this because it was something that I was a little bit bothered by. So, we all watched this dubbed, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I want to just give a big old shout out uh, to the Johnny Young Bosch as Lelouch. Uh, purely because I think, and Brad and I talked about this at some point, that he goes back and forth from being, I think, a believable high school student who's obviously being a little bit, you know, naive to being zero. And it really hypes me up when he is going full on power of Gios and yelling. Yeah. And I really want to just commend that because I also, as preparation for this, and I, if your opinion differs from mine, I'm sorry, but I listened back to the uh, Japanese, uh, the Japanese dub of key scenes. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't as won over as I was with the um, English dub. And maybe that's, you know, well, you listen to all 50 episodes like that. Of course not. <laughs> but I, I did, even in key pivotal scenes, I still found the, and I obviously don't understand Japanese. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a mute point because I don't know what the fuck they're saying. But I still found his performance to be a little bit more like character filled. Like I felt the indignant wrath and I felt the. I felt I I, I I think Lelouch is a great character, don't get me wrong. I just hate him. Yeah. yeah. But I really liked the dub performance by Johnny Young Bosch, and I wish I had known watched this earlier because then I would have gotten him to sign something like a, like a manga when I saw him at a convention. Yeah. 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 Personally I, I feel like it's the the whole Spider Man thing where one actor did a good Peter Parker and the other actor did a good Spider Man. I feel Johnny Young Bosch did a good Lelouch while uh the Japanese voice voice actor Fukuyama June did a good zero. Um, I just can't compare to the Japanese. I just can't believe uh, Lelouch would sell as a good like terrorist organization masked leader zero. He just doesn't sound as authoritative compared to the Japanese. Yeah, I don't know. I really disagree on that because again, and it's just me, you know, personally. His he sounds like such a wimpy little bitch in the uh, in the Japanese. Like his voice is so much higher, you know. Yeah. Like it doesn't ooze authoritative awe even when he's zero. Like obviously, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to give absolute praise to Johnny Young Bosch's performance because the there are some weird scenes, but especially like when he's being awkward as zero. Yeah, but um, I I do think as far as just the top performances I've ever seen in anime, and I don't think I can make a list of these because I think Johnny Young Bosch would actually be (laughs) several of them because I just uh I just do love his voice, but I do think it is a really solid performance and it is a interesting take on the character, which I feel like dub actors have to do is you know kind of make this character their own. And I think he did a really, if anything, even if you don't like it as much as the Japanese, I, I do think he did a great performance yeah. for yeah. the, the, for a, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Not a translation, but a, ah, oh, goodness. Localization? Yeah. Yeah, localization. It's, it's a good localization for an American audience who would see a, a terrorist leader as being someone with a powerful voice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do applaud that. And there are other performances in it I really like as well. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk bad about any performances in dub because you know that is something that that is an art and I I'm not gonna bash I will ask because I, I never actually watched this in uh Japanese. Um does Lelouch have a different 
like sounding voice that he projects when he's Lelouch versus Zero in the Japanese dub? Not, not too different than what it is in English. He does have a lot more shoutiness when he's Zero. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, does Zero does English Zero have like an echoey thing when he puts on the mask? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But like, that's. I mean, like the the reason I ask is because. I guess it's that uh, suspension of disbelief that I have to, like, hold on to, but how the fuck people who, like, spend most of their time with him not realize that that's his voice? Like, as someone who's been in a completely masked uh, outfit, you know, your voice kind of gives you the fuck away. So, like, I was always drawn <laughs> out by that. But that's, like, a tiny nitpick. Yeah. Well, certain characters do have their hunches. I mean, especially early on, even Colin, you know, is kind of is kind of putting the pieces together yeah but it's never a full-on connection i mean like you'll always have that doubt until you can confirm it with your own face with your own your own right. eyes confirm it with your face uh, that's, but, an, yeah. that's another thing that pissed me off was uh, uh well it really caught me colin? no not, not colin it caught me off guard because like lelouch is seen as this person who's like really good at strategy really good at puzzle solving and shit like that he's really good at figuring shit out um i thought he knew that suzaku was was in was in the Lancelot the entire time. Uh, you know what? And then, like, when it turns oh. out that he found out, I was like, huh? "You didn't know?" Yeah, I will admit that that kind of fucking bamboozled me too. It's sort of like in Death Note, like certain basic things that you know you think they would be able to figure out, they didn't, and it was just kind of infuriating because I thought the same thing. I was like, "How did you not know that was Suzaku? He's talking constantly over his yeah and." It you know, over his communication that, give it up, Zero. And it's like, <laughs> it's not like he was hiding it necessarily. I mean, like, I guess he was because they didn't want everybody to know that uh, on Eleven was piloting, the like, the Lancelot or whatever, even if he's an honor. Did you just, did you just say, a, did you just say the E word with a hard <laughs> L? <laughs> what a racist. It's Evan. It's even. That's what you call them. But, um. Gosh. Anyways, um. And I thought, like, I had been viewing, like, their relationship at school through that lens. Like, um, like well, there's a scene, like, where, like, his uh, identity might have been compromised by an uncontrollable uh, force, which is an animal. It's the fucking the cat. cat. The cat. The yeah, fucking I, I thought cat. that Lelouch fucking knew that that was his author. And I thought that's why he was booking it, like, going, I can't let this motherfucker know. I, I f remember the cat episode. Remember the cat episode? God. But, yeah, I, I do want to give a quick praise for the entire dub cast. Like, most of all of these characters are really good, have a really good dub. Yeah. And even some, like, very tertiary characters or background characters are very convincing. I fucking love Lloyd's voice actor. Yeah. Lo yeah, Lloyd especially is with. He gets the gold star from me for being the best of the dub cast. Like when I see him and hear that voice, it's it's it fits. like all these other characters. Like, oh yeah, this is a good dub actor. But I see, Lo I hear Lloyd, and it's like that's Lloyd. Yeah, that's that's just Lloyd. He wakes up in the morning, that he's is. Lloyd. He has to put on his actual face. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I definitely feel that though because that's the, I I just want I just want to issue just praise all around because even even Suzaku's voice actor I I I really I really enjoy all of it I especially like um Karen Strassman as Colin yeah 
And let's just give a big shout out to the best voice actress in the uh, in in the best performance. That you, you said Lloyd, but I would like to give a shout out to Michelle Ruff as Arthur the Cat. <laughs> Love you in that performance, <laughs> and Michelle. I absolutely adore it. I'm gonna. I should have gotten you to sign my official Arthur the Cat plush, uh, <laughs> but I I missed the ball. And Liam O'Brien is uh, plays Lloyd in the dub. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's kind of funny how you look at a, a voice actor's face and you can see how that kind of face can make that voice. Not always. <laughs> yes. Not always. Are we both looking at Liam O'Brien? Yeah. Right now? <laughs> <laughs> Because I was like, that looks like Lloyd. <laughs> well, now I gotta look. Yeah, you should go look. He also voices Ukatake from Bleach. He's diverse. Like, he's playing a lot of characters I didn't know. I'll post this picture in the Discord. <laughs> Damn. I mean, just... I kind of get it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I he he's... With all this praise, I do have to give uh, uh, one, like, non-praise whatever you call that it's called a bash sure well i don't bash is too hard too hard criticism 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 yeah uh as much as i love steve bloom or steve blum uh hearing him as toto was not as convincing steve blum is like too steve blum for his own good (laughs) i like toto i like his performance as toto he sounds very harsh and yeah i like that yeah, but he he's like the John Wayne. Like when you see John Wayne in a performance, you don't see his character. You just see John Wayne, and that's yeah, what that's... I feel whenever I hear Steve Blum. It's like, oh, there's a Steve Blum. Steve Blum. There's Steve. There's Steve Bloom being Steve Bloom. Blumming all over the place. <laughs> Blooming all over the place. Is it Blum or Bloom? I'm gonna say it's Bloom. Uh, we well, this has been a quick little. We're gonna do a quick little break, real quick, and yeah. then when we pick back up, it'll be the spoiler cast. So Brad will tell you when to pick back up. Okay. Uh, drop on back in at one hour twenty eight minutes. If you don't want to hear us talking about a lot of people dying. Woo! The date was August ten in the year two thousand ten of the imperial calendar. The Holy Britannian Empire had just declared war upon Japan. The Far East Island nation had held fast to its neutrality, and now Britannia looms as the world's only superpower. Rights to Japan's underground resources became a hotly disputed issue, straining the already deep-rooted diplomatic tensions between the two sides. In the deciding battle for the mainland, Britannian forces introduced into combat the humanoid autonomous armored knight known as the Nightmare Frame. The enemy's forces were far greater than anticipated, and the nightmares obliterated the Japanese line of defense on the mainland with little effort. Japan became a dominion of the empire. The country was stripped of its freedom, its rights, and its name. Area 11. The defeated and once proud nation of Japan was rechristened with a mere number. I swear, huh? I swear, Suzaku, so help me. I will one day obliterate Britannia! Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the little break. I hope that Craig put something fun there. Thank you, Craig, as always, for doing our work and 
being pretty nice about it. So we're in the spoiler cast now. So first things first. What the fuck was up with the stupid murder of the Japanese? <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into the big heavy stuff and talk about uh, <laughs> uh fuck what was it? Bloodstained Yuffie. You fucking yeah. massacre princess. That was some fucking dumb shit like <laughs> like fucking Lelouch was just just a yammering away like I could have made you do anything her haha I mean like you know and he's like no really if I wanted you to murder the Japanese you could you would and she was like blink and it's like bro why did you say that though yeah. like, why did you have just... to be specific so the first time you could have just been I like watched... I could have told you to clap to stand on your head and you would have done it but no like Brad and I watched it and I was like excuse me Excuse me, this isn't happening, is it, Brad? And Brad's just looking at me like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, it, the, several episodes early, I was hearing him talking about how much he loved Yuffie, and in the back of my mind, I knew, oh, he's going to love that episode. Yeah. I lost my mind. I was laughing partway through it because she was just going, scrat, scrat, on these people with the needle gun. <laughs> she walks out on the stage like, excuse me, could, 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 could you all die? Oh yeah, are the are you Japanese? <laughs> I need to murder the Japanese. That's a, that's something that messed me up in that show, and I get it. It's because they're anime characters and they all kind of look the same. But like Japanese people in the show be like brown hair, green eyes. Meanwhile, Britannians be like dark black hair, dark eyes. Mm, make no sense. Like like Lelouch looks more Japanese than Suzaku like just talking about like basis like there's like no differentiation in them at all and I'm just sitting there going like I mean that's cool like we could just we can just be like you know there's no differentiation in the races but how y'all just be like are you Japanese I must kill the Japanese yeah no that scene was a it was a it was fucked up. I it mean, was it so was, fucked up. The way it was going before, it was all cascading into like the what was going to be the end of Zero and the Black Knights because she was reestablishing a safe a safe haven for the Japanese where they could be Japanese, which is well, which is publicly what Zero was going for, just a yeah. a sort of liberation of the Japanese. And if he opposed that, then he would be on every Japanese person's shit list. So, Which honestly, he probably he was having a lot of the urge to because on one hand, if he opposed it, he got to keep fighting Britannia and could make it crumble. But if he didn't, you know, obviously that's what he had been saying he was for the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So from a writing standpoint, that's was pretty much the only, like, the only logical conclusion that was, uh, that was going to happen. While also showing how Lelouch's abuse of the Gios is like destroying his life around him. Yeah, but it was such a stupid way to do it. Like, I'm not going to defend that scene at all because it's just such a do a, it's such a Diablos ex machina that that just happened. I mean, what if he had just been looking at the sky? I could have told you to murder all the Japanese and she would have been like, ha, huh, luckily I'm not looking in his eyes. Yeah. And I mean, like, and something. I don't want. I don't know if it's a spoiler for the second season, but you know, C two is constantly reminding him, "Don't use the Gios too much, <laughs> or it'll fuck your life up." And then season two, he's just like, "Oh shit, oh, I gotta go pick up that piece of paper over there." Hey, 
Lelouch v. Britannia commands you to go get that paper for me. And there's yeah. no He was doing that in fucking it. season one, too, though. Like, he was just, like, every, like, five seconds. Like, I mean, I guess it can't get any worse than it is where it's constantly activating. He's got to wear a fucking contact lens. Like, I can't imagine having to rip a contact lens out of my eye every time I wanted to do something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is kind of the rule of cool, too, because it is cool that he does it. it, it yeah, he just kind of passes cool. his hand over it, and it's on his finger. Didn't he, like, do that before he got the contact lens, too? Well, he he always did that dramatic cover his eye and then reveal it, and I just did it and covered my voice. <laughs> 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 yeah, but he always does it, and it's just, I mean, the rule of cool, but that entire scene was just, I was just blown away by the unnecessary... Which is like the unnecessary amount. Context for me was like I saw y'all talking about like how Euphemia uh, was like not a fan of the the Japanese, and I was like, wait a minute, I haven't gotten to that part. Like she seems cool again. I was like, she seems cool <laughs> with the Japanese. So I was sitting there waiting for like a slow downfall. So I was like picking apart every scene where I was like, okay, so like they said that uh, I was like there must be like a pivotal moment where someone pisses her off because. Right now, she's cool. And it'd be like a scene like where they were looking at a painting. She's like, ooh, I really like this one. And they were like, well, that one's by like a person who's like 144th 11. And they're like, and then she's like, well, why is it here? Yeah. And it's like, I was like, okay, so we're shifting to that. And then all of a sudden, you want to kill the Japanese people, me. Oh, that? Okay. I guess that, okay. Yeah, and something else that bothers me about it is just everybody is instantly like, okay, well, the princess said kill all the Japanese. I guess we'll kill all the Japanese. Well, I mean, actually, it was more like there was a couple of people that were like, uh, no, we're not going to do that. And then there were other people who probably already had their biases that were like, yeah, yeah. let's kill the Japanese. And plus, it's a very nobility-led uh, society, so if your princess tells you to kill the Japanese, you you fucking follow those orders. Yeah, but like yeah. she had a couple underlings that were like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, yeah, but I still just like that entire scene. I mean, like, I don't like it. I don't like that it's just it happens. I think it's really weak as far as a, yeah. Like, I, get, I mean, like, I kind of again, I kind of like, I had my hopes up that she would have this big downfall when it came to her views on the Japanese people, and I was looking forward to that. And I guess Nina had that, but fuck her. <laughs> what the fuck is up with you in this Nina hate boner? I mean, like, do you just love Table so much and hate the fact she sullied one? <laughs> uh, fucking okay. I had to, I didn't I get, realize that that was I didn't realize that that's what she was doing until I watched the uh, Abridged series for uh, Kogiyash, which, by the way, is what the uh, I'm at soup meme came from. Really? Okay. Yeah, oh. there's an abridged series. It's called like Code Mint, like Code M E N T, and it ran yeah. from 2010 to 2015. And I think it was like the la it was like uh, episode 16 or something of it that had the soup. Nice. But I think that might have been like the last episode. Like the the abridged series ended with the Malark. Oh, oh, that's a shame. Weird. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning into another episode of Meme Historian. Nice. But yeah, about that table scene, uh, I I only noticed this on my like recent watch. Uh, like I this time I looked somewhere else where instead of where my eyes usually like position themselves, and boy, I saw some juices. 
What? And it made me uncomfortable. I I was like, that's cool that you love Euphemia and all that, but somebody's got to use that table later. Yeah. And I mean, with how short those skirts are, you're not going to be hiding anything, so it's good. good thing it's dark and the only person who found you was the blind girl. You ever just say fuck it and nut on the table? <laughs> and she didn't even like act surprised or anything. Like I guess that she was just like, oh, it's she wasn't even like oh, someone came in. She was just like, oh yeah, let's go. Untuck, Nina's a freak. Untuck, untuck skirt. <laughs> I mean, like, is that good representation? Well, I mean, they had to make up for uh, the uh, one background character who said, "Keep it in the closet." <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. I was like, whoa, what the hell? I was so I'm just like, like expecting someone to come around the corner because this is like 2006 and being like, ah, Lelouch, that's so gay. <laughs> like, oh my god, I'm losing this tournament. It's so gay. Which, by the way, by the way, I've noticed that younger folks still say that. Like, I'm at work, and, like, some of the newer people that come in literally said that, like, unironically. And I, my hair blew back, because I was like, it's not so much that I'm offended by it, because, like, if y'all don't know, I'm, I'm gay. But I was just, I just haven't heard it in that context since I was in high school. Yeah. yeah. I was sitting there going, like, Wanda well, Science said we couldn't say that anymore. Well, I guess it kind of switched from it being, like, like in, in our younger time. Well, it was more of like, ha, that's gay. You don't want to be gay, do you? Well, Whereas see, that was like, the, yeah. that's, that's gay. That's yeah. that's like the same tone, though, that it used to be. Because I'm used to gay people saying it all the time, going like, like when you hold your favorite person's hand or like, you know, you're like saying something nice to someone and you go, that's gay. You're gay. It's affectionate. But in this term, it was like he comes up and he go, and I was telling him about my schedule. And I was like, yeah, I get off at 1 a.m. He goes, oh, that's gay. And I was like, uh, huh. Oh, well, we here at Otaku Melancholy love all people, no matter who they like, how they like them, and how they like to get there to like them. Well, I mean, obviously, because so, I'm here. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely the representation card that we constantly play. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> mm, gay, trans, we got the pet. We, we're going. Yeah, I'm here I'm to keep like, y'all I'm motherfuckers like, in check. We got the G and the T. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I mean, like, we got it covered. We are, we got this, this, this like, we got it down. Yeah. Anyways. But that was weird. <laughs> I'll keep it in the closet thing. Russell me so hard. <laughs> and then you had, and there was another scene later on where you had a double take. Uh, we had one uh, character. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Yeah, his name his name is Detard and it's German. Like D I D I E T H. It it probably is supposed to be pronounced like Detard or something like that. Uh, no. But like the fucking English was like hardcore on the Detard, no. and I was like, ooh. No, based on he how was... it's spelled, it would be like Detard because it's I E, and that's just how it I works. Don't... I just don't like saying his name at all because it's so close. It's I'm so just close. Like, I hate it. <laughs> I, like, I used to work with someone who was from Germany, and I wished I asked him, like, is this how you actually pronounce it? Cause you pro- I mean, like, you can, like, type it into, like, a pronunciation. Hold on. Let me let me see. I'm going to go to Google I Translate. Just, let's do- <laughs> I would just hate that for you, Brad. If you just walk up and you just go, hey, how do you pronounce this? Detard. <laughs> and he just look at you and be like, excuse me? 
I'm just saying. But yeah, there's so many scenes where. Okay, how is it uh, spelled again? D I E T H A R D. D I E. Yeah, D I E. D I E. Okay. It's pronounced detard. Yeah, so many characters will just say his name, and it sounds so accusatory. Like, what do you know, detard? It does. That's what's According so weird about it is Google, that they always say it like with a tone of disgust. According to Google, it's pronounced Dietard. Okay, huh. well, let's be honest. If he was Dietard, I'd be like, <laughs> Dietard. I don't know. Because the whole time, like, I was sitting there going like, mm, I know that it's his name, but it sounds like they're making fun of him. Yeah, I, I guess when you have that kind of name, you really can't win. I mean, it's kind of like, there's, like, words that sound like, you know, bad words all over the place. Like, there was this uh, recent thing where um, uh, this uh, K-pop band was talking about how that they were going to this one island. And this one island has, like, an unfortunate name of sounding a lot like a racial slur. And they were like, we're coming. We like They were like, um, we're excited to go see, um, you know words and it was like people were like oh my god but it's like an actual place and it's just named that yeah and it's pronounced differently yeah. but it's spelled that way and people were like y'all some racists and it's like <laughs> no well let's get back to how do we pronounce v2's name and all that because this is spoilers here and uh v2 showing up out of nowhere rustled my fucking jimmies yeah when did he show up he showed up in like episode 20 he like he made small little appearances but then he showed up and he said i'm gonna take your sister and then yeah he shows up in episode 23 yeah are we talking about um and i was just now I... wait huh wait who v2. v2 he's a short guy with very long hair purple eyes he he talks like a tool mm. oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah, he's a tool. He's he's another. He's 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 a guy. He's, I have to like jog my memory real quick. Cause. Well, he he just shows up to make the whole ending just turn into a shit a shit. Oh yeah, show that for shit. That little shit. And the entire like goodness, the entire ending. I was just just everything was going downhill and downhill, and I was just straight up bothered by it because i was like this just feels like a series of unfortunate events for lelouch yeah yeah and the not only getting taken was just the the cherry on top and then that <laughs> the ending especially yeah not only getting taken was the the one thing that made lelouch lose his shit like everything is all according to keikaku Mally gets taken. Fuck the Keikaku. Well, I think it like, really like, hammers in the point that to Lelouch, it's not really even about liberating Japan. It's about making Nanali's place of living a little more peaceful. But if Nanali's not there, he doesn't really have any motivation. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really... Yeah, and I mean, he, uses, he uses making Japan a peaceful place as, like, a, you know, like as like a good reasoning to get people on his side. But really, it's like, I'm mad that my daddy did this to me. Yeah, well, yeah. I always thought his motivations were primarily driven by the fact that this incident, uh, with this incident that his father didn't properly investigate, and he just said, "Oh, my sister, my daughter's blind. Bye, bye, bye. Go over here." And I always thought it was a revengeance for what happened to Nonali. Yeah. Uh, but he is very sister-driven. I like that. that is one thing I do love about Lelouch is how much he loves his sister. Sister yeah. complex, hardcore. Hmm. 
but the ending especially the ending scene where they're basically in a mexican like a standoff a, Me- a mexican standoff or a and i was just like oh oh who's gonna shoot first and then bang it made me so excited to see the next part of the uh of this next part and uh when we, we we like i guess this is a little bit like if you're this far then the first episode of season two had me just going what the fuck is happening oh, yeah because yeah. there's a big time skip between seasons and uh it kind of gets revealed like very early on what happened yeah it does but for those first for like that first episode it, it, it is wonderfully confusing it really is it, it's but yeah the ending for it just the ending of kogios had me really satisfied and again i think it just had me going like oh man kogios was good wasn't it but, made me completely forget about the euphemia massacre yeah, again like the ending of kogios was something to be discussed in the r2 segment but yeah well i mean like i'm not talking about the end i'm not talking about the end of kogios r2 i'm talking about the end of kogios Oh, season Different. one? Yeah, season one. Okay. I'm going to call season two R2. That's how you'll know when I'm talking about season two. Well, it's like uh, the end of season one for me was like, it was like a big cliffhanger for me. I was oh, just yeah. like, ah, uh, you know. Who got shot? <laughs> and then when it's revealed if what happened, I was just fucking rustled. Yeah. But you'll see that in the next episode. Well, we've uh, completely skipped over uh, one particular character who is kind of integral to Code Geass as a whole. Good old Mal. I mean, Mal, Mal, to me, honestly, to honestly, Mal only serves the purpose of explaining a little bit more about the Geass and, like, the troubles of it. He, for me, served no purpose other than that. Yeah, Mal felt like a, a little mini arc retrospectively. He just showed what would happen if you don't know how to control your Geass. Yeah, he didn't really and have anything to do with anything. I mean, it gave you a little more insight into C2 if you cared about that, but like... Well, I did. I mean, yeah, well then there you go. Well, and I mean, he did serve the whole... do the sh- Basically, get the Shirley subplot out of the way, too. Alright, that took my point. I was literally about to say, after you shit on me, it's like, let's talk about Integral Mal. He's not that important. <laughs> and then I was going to well, redeem just... myself by talking about how important he was for sh- the Shirley arc, and then you stole that from me, too. And you want to know well, what? I mean... Shirley's not that important to me. Tell me why... Okay, don't fucking tell me why. Do you think I'm just serenading yeah, or some bullshit? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, I just, uh, well, she's I mean, just, like, um... I'm not, I'm not trying to I'm shit say on your mouth right point. I'm gonna say something right now. What? Shirley is Orihime. What? Hmm. Shirley. Bold of you. Bold of you to say, but the tittage does not match the Orihime, well, no, so I'm going to shut but, you down. Uh, but she's, like, she's there to be cute and to be kind of, like, a, a sad love interest that's not going to get the guy, and she really has the same hair. Well, um, I'm not going to go down that road, but I'm going to get back and I'm going to talk to Brad about why it's okay he brought up Mal, because Mal was an intense character and his little, his arc was intense while we were in it. I mean, it was fun. But looking back, I'm, yeah, I mean, it was fun and that little reveal with the whole, what was it? The stupid, the battle in the sewer. 
Oh was yeah, he, the, the like the chess match. Yeah, I really yeah, enjoyed I was, that. That was like really neat. And I'm sitting there like wondering how he's gonna get out of it. And then I think I almost instantly knew what that motherfucker had done. Yeah. Didn't he geos himself? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Lelouch geosed himself. Yeah. Which I was like, that seems bullshit. <laughs> Well, I mean, the mouse subplot just did anything but to just, I kind of guess, give more background to C2, who is a very interesting character in her own right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she cute as hell. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I look at that figure and I go, thank you, Brad. My pleasure. In case you didn't know, I, th- I posted on the Instagram, but Brad got me a, a C2 figure for my birthday with the tag marked Jibun Woe. <laughs> <laughs> And it's a really cute figure. And I have it on my desk right now. The Shirley, like, um, super arc starts a little bit before Mal shows up when uh, she learns that Zero uh, pretty much caused her father's death. And then later on, she finds out that Lelouch is Zero. And then Mal just sets it all up to uh, where Shirley will have to encounter him. And that brings up the whole Shirley arc that Lelouch has to deal with throughout season one and through season two. The Shirley saga. Yeah. Why the hell are we letting the Elevens go? What about the poison gas they've stolen? But it's by order of Prince Clovis. What about Bartley? Get the general staff on the line. They're not at their post, sir. Are you telling me Prince Clovis is alone on the con? I'm overjoyed, Lelouch. They said you died when Japan was brought into the fold. What a blessing to have you back. We should depart for the homeland immediately. So you can use me as a tool of diplomacy? It seems you've forgotten why we were used as tools in the first place. (laughs) That's right. It was because my mother was killed. Mother held the title of Knight of Honor, but was a commoner by birth. No doubt the other Imperial consorts held her in contempt. Even though you made it look like the work of terrorists, I'm no fool. You people killed my mother! It wasn't me! I swear to you, it wasn't! Then tell me everything you know. The truth cannot be hidden from me any longer. By whose hand was she slain? My brother, Second Prince Schneisel, and Second Princess Cornelia, they can tell you. They were at the heart of this? That's all that you know, isn't it? Uh, uh, I swear it wasn't me! I had nothing to do with it! I believe you. However... Please, you can't! We may have different mothers, but you and I are still blood! You can't change the world without getting your hands dirty. I do like that it served um, a good purpose to show. Like, every once in a while, I got reminded that Lelouch was actually, like, affected by some of the shit that he was doing. Like, sometimes I was just sitting there thinking, man, Lelouch has turned into a cold, hard, you know, motherfucker. And then other times, he just shows, like, like raw emotion where he's like he's like really being traumatized by the stuff that that's happening to him because of what he decided to do 
I'm, I really yeah, enjoy yeah. that. I like to see him suffer. And um, <laughs> I just like, I like being reminded that Lelouch is, is not this like calm, cool, collected, like emotionless figure like w- that we're often like given. Like he sees this as a chess game, but every once in a while he's reminded that these aren't chess pieces. These are real ass people. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is an interesting point to bring up. And I guess the the Shirley saga is it is really touching and I do I I, I like Shirley. Like don't get me wrong, I do like Shirley because she is so steadfast in her love of Lelouch and it is really cute. I like the the vibes and especially I like it whenever I guess characters actually get the kissies and the hooks ups because anime nowadays you would not be able to do that because someone would get a little bit offended by it mm. so i like that and that also kind of plays into like uh going back to this discussion of lelouch's idealism versus suzaku's idealism like suzaku has the very idealistic viewpoint of changing the system from within and literally everyone has that mindset before they actually step foot in the system and they realized how how locked tight it is and that you if you want to get higher up in the ranks you are going to have to do the shit that you want to stop and by the time you get to the top you'll find yourself stuck in a system that you can't beat or you'll be so jaded that you uh, no longer seek to like change it whereas yeah. Lelouch to take a stance of beca- and as he says himself becoming the greater evil to defeat the first the original evil and it's a very direct and effective method but we see how, ma- how many ramifications there are that all the people around him start uh, start to get affected and how, how much his own plans blow up in his face just because he's taking the fast and dirty route yeah and i mean that is kind of i guess the you know again the er, from the earlier discussion the juxtaposition of these two ideals that fundamentally you you can poke so many holes in them you know yeah maybe maybe this revolution is needed but also you are sacrificing so many lives to get there and you know either way there's going to be some sacrifice and i'm i'm just it's good show it's 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 good stuff and the more i look back on it i i i i I do see more of the themes as i've i've looking at the whole gios package and not just the shit i was stuck in at the time and i think that's i think that's it's good it's good it's good it you know everything that's bad has a good you know ross donovan (laughs) shout out to ross donovan from game grumps shout out to rubber ninja not part of Game Grumps anymore, is he? I don't know. I haven't watched Game Grumps since I was in since I was in college. Hmm. So, we got anything else talked about? We going to give this a uh, give this whole review. What we doing? Lucas, you got any more you want to talk about? Um, I think I've I've pretty tapped out like um all of my uh, big talking points that I wanted to talk about. Um, I would like to solidly state that Suzaku is a bootlicker. Um, but other than that. All right, great way to close this out because I agree too. I hate Suzaku. Fuck Suzaku. This has been the Fuck Suzaku episode. <laughs> so, overall, final package, final look at this first season of Kogias as it stands alone as an actual anime product. 
Uh, you want to give the arbitrary scores, or who wants to go first? Let's have Lucas go first. Guest honors. Yeah, Lucas, guest oh. honors. Oh, me? Okay. Yeah. Closing thoughts and scores on Kokia Season 1. And we are scoring Season 1 and Season 2 because they're separate entries on my enemy list, so that's how we roll. Okay. Yeah, and if, if you want to hear the other one, then go watch that episode, which will be coming out on Friday. That's fine. Let's see. My final thoughts and feelings on this was uh, Kogias was a very neatly crafted deconstruction of uh, a lot of political anime, and it's it was a good look into how we view, um, you know, evil versus good, and like how our orientation on the matter could like affect how we view it. It's excellent. Um, there were a few things that I'm not necessarily a huge fan of, but they're like nitpicks. So like, you know, the obvious lack of care for the ending on opening visuals. But other than that, I think it was a solid anime and it probably will remain a classic for forever. It's, uh, it's pretty good. I, I give it probably like, um, like, um, I don't know, 7.9. Hmm. That's a solid score. We'll go ahead and just came in to eight. Remember, May just came in through and just uh, this is while we're recording, and I'm just have a blanket over my head while we do this record, so <laughs> that'll be neat to explain later. Uh, do you want to go next, Brad, or do you want me to go? I'll go. Kokios is one of those shows where it's it, it's it was a classic in the age of classics, and we've kind of gone away from that with uh, with seasonal anime, but it's good to know that like even something so fairly recently as 2007. That we still have a classic, and it is a classic for for a good reason, because we have mm. a character like Lelouch, who is so confident and calculating with his plans, but at the same time so vulnerable that he, even his own plans or plans of, of others will just shut him down, and he has to deal with the aftermath. And mm -hmm. coming from Sunrise, especially, who I was, I used to know as only the Gundam guys. Uh, seeing a mecha like this that is far and away from Gundam and at least in season one kind of takes a even more realistic view of mecha while also adding in a the uh, very cool and iconic power of Gios. Um, mm -hmm. I can't give a score to this while comparing it with season two because they do flow into a, like they are two parts of a whole um while i have a lot of problems with season two it's the ending of season two that kind of raises it up so high whereas this one it's uh season one is a lot more grounded in its like its combat and its technology and its methods of uh, getting the characters in and out of problems and while the it has a cliffhanger ending which for some might uh, be a huge negative it is a very intense cliffhanger that makes you want to see season 2 so I give it a 9 I give oh, Kogia damn. season 1 a 9 I would also like to point out that you say that this wasn't that long ago but 2007 was 13 years ago hey let's not talk about that <laughs> alright well my final uh, my final review and I guess my final closing thoughts on this is that Kogios is definitely a product of a different environment than some anime. 
there's definitely i think a, a it makes me feel a lot more than your average show than i've remember seeing i'm a lot more invested in how much i don't like the characters and it's not in an unwatchable sort of don't like the characters it's not a makoto ito level of dislike or unfavorability it's the kind of character to where i'm engaged into seeing what comes what happens to them as i said constantly through watching it <laughs> I don't. I want Lelouch to lose, but I don't want Suzaku to win, <laughs> and that's fairly how I felt consistently. I was engaged in these characters and their fights, and I wanted to see how they came out in each sort of scenario that they were placed in. And although I do feel like there's some big old chicanery and ass poolery in certain areas, I think it's only really bad in season, or it gets really awful in season two. And that's why I, I, I see a lot of things I don't particularly like about Kogias. But looking back on the first season, I did have fun and I did want to watch it after I got over the initial hurdle of this being kind of a product of a different time. And I do think that uh, for season one in particular, it does stand as a classic in the whole as a product. The whole as a product of season one and season two can be a classic. But for season one in particular, I think it does a lot of things well. I think it's engaging. I think it sets up a lot of plot points that pay off in season two especially. And for that, I have to give it a light eight. Hmm, yes. I'll give it a middle eight. I'll give it a I'll give it a I'll give it a I'll give it a touch eight. Not a hard touch eight, but a touch eight. So I, like an eight point five. I didn't think I was gonna be the harshest critic on this. <laughs> I mean, Brad whipping out a nine on that. Just yeah. Well, I mean, also, I am the makeup boy, so what do you also, expect? Also, I I, I kind of just realized that I think throughout this entire podcast, we never mentioned the fact or made fun of the fact that this takes place in the far off future of 2017. If, if we had just let Napoleon win, we could have had Mex in 2017. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot better than some other ruler we got in America right now. Am I right, boys? Obama was there. <laughs> Everybody clapped, and then he was the bully. Expl- the bully exploded. <laughs> All right. Well, that's 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 that's, that's games. That's uh that's checkmate, as yeah. <laughs> Lelouch would say. All checkmates have been met. But yeah, that has been Code Geass. If you want to watch Code Geass, you can find it uh, streaming on Funimation and Netflix. Uh, um, I it's also certain... on Hulu. Oh, it's also on Hulu. Nobody uh, gives a shit about Hulu except me because I don't have Hulu. <laughs> it is available in subs and dubs. The dub is very good. I recommend the dub. I do too. Same. Well, I, re- I recommend the dub as acceptable. Uh, the... There's still going to be the people that prefer subs over dubs, and that's fine. Watch either one that you want to, but if you, but the dub is of decent quality, and it was originally on Adult Swim, so bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Well, we have been the Otaku Melancholy Podcast. We have been your hosts, Matt and Brad, with special guest Lucas. Do your plug. If you guys want to check out my art or uh, my webcomic, you can find me at Twitter and DeviantArt. On DeviantArt, I am just Sinful Scientist. And on uh, Twitter, I am at Sinful Science. That's S-I-N-F-U-L. Um, and if you want to check out my webtoon, I have um, it is called Effing Magical with a star as the U for fucking. It's a fun little romp into the magical world of a punk who becomes a magical boy. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Check us out every Tuesday and every other Friday. You can find our episodes at our website at www.otakamelancholy.com. You can find all our previous episodes and all the streaming sites we're hosted on. Mm-hmm. You can also find on there fun clickables and reviews that will eventually be posted whenever it happens. I mean, come on, I got, I got, I got quarantine stuff to do. Yeah. But you know, as always, thank you for, thank you for listening. You have been a fantastic audience and you have been a fantastic guest host lucas oh thank you you're welcome i'm here i'm here to be positive they say gios is the power of kings but the true power of kings is the audience (laughs) maybe the real power of kings is the friends we made along the way (laughs) yeah 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 and as benjamin franklin once famously said by failing to prepare you are preparing to anime. Bye-bye. Take care. Combate. Combate. You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mosaiku kakera hitotsu hitotsu tsunagi awasete egaite yuku anata ga kureta じゃない。そう思ってね。目覚めれば